ਹਾਂਜੀ 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 ਦੋਸਤੋ ਸੱਜਣੋ ਪਿਆਰਿਓ ਵੈਲਕਮ ਟੂ ਦਾ ਪੀਪਲਸ ਪੋਡਕਾਸਟ ਅਬਦੁਲ ਜਾਨ ਇਨ ਡੈਪਥ ਓਰੀਜਨਲ ਕੁਲਫੀ ਗਰਮਾ ਗਰਮ ਚੱਕੋ ਪਰੋਠੇ an immensely talented individual jede vi kamre ch janda light kar dinda kamra meri murad tej samra how are you doing boss <laughs> i'm good bro how are you doing ball with you and so i'm very happy that i'm connecting with you through uh ball rahi thode na connect kar rahe hain and there's so many things to talk about because you've been in the industry for the longest time behind the scenes more vi rahe hain agge piche left right north south jithe vi sige sare pass it to see you starting with like you know my experience from seeing you because main chota jaya saga when i saw you for the first time at the olympics to see pangda paya then you know you were in the punjabi industry bollywood tak bhi pahunch kiti hai hun to see bahut sona podcast kar rahe ho pretty asia te after achieving so much kadi to see socha saga zindagi ch ke tu si mere naal beh ke podcast karunge no 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 bro like like i would say to people that I'm nothing, you know, like I I haven't achieved what I want to achieve. You know, everything that I've kind of achieved so far, it's literally just been kind of life experiences, life lessons, you know. For me, like my goals, I'm still working towards those goals. Like people might say to me, "Yeah, you've achieved so much," but I'm like I'm very critical of myself. I like to kind of aim like for certain goals and targets. So, honestly, man, like for you having me on this podcast, like I really appreciate, it. you know, giving new talent a voice. like not everyone does that so you know big big respect to you bro thank you man i appreciate that i appreciate that ke inna tusi tareef kar rahe ho meri mere mummy daddy ni inni tareef karde jinna tusi inne do lines ch gal le so so much thank you tada and genuinely you know you started off by saying like you know new talent when you were a new talent pehla mauka ki sega thode le what was the first opportunity you got as a new talent So with me I actually got involved in the Punjabi music industry at the age of around 13 14 um so with me like I always wanted to kind of go into like like music like back then you know the UK industry was popping off like it was doing huge things right like UK was leading the kind of industry right like before that you know Punjab was doing its thing then Punjab kind of fell off North America was kind of growing but the UK was kind of where the scene was so that I always wanted to get involved in So I went to kind of learn how to kind of you know DJ and things like that and I actually got approached by a record label. So I don't want to kind of mention the record label's name or the owner or anything like that. But you know they kind of approached me they kind of saw I had something and they kind of said to me look you know learn the industry you know don't just kind of go in as you know addition because they're like a 13 14 years old nose and take a kid seriously. So they kind of said to me look we'll teach you how to produce you know beats better you know we'll teach you how to kind of mix and master stuff. all this kind of stuff but they kind of said to me like you know learn the back side of the industry and the back side of the industry was you know how do you kind of promote artists how do you know find artists you know how do you network how do you get airplay you know people don't understand that like to be an artist is not just about you know like right now you know anybody can be an artist anybody can launch themselves anybody can you know use youtube anybody can buy fake hits but back then you had to be a good artist with good music to basically get your music one on tv and two to get it played at radio on radio stations if your music wasn't good back then you know radio stations weren't going to pick it up so it was important to kind of make the relationship with radio presenters different radio stations and all that kind of stuff and what basically kind of happened was i got involved more in backside so in the, while i'm kind of learning my trade and being taught how to make beats or whatever whatever i was kind of then learning more about you know 
what you call it now is in social media, like marketing, right? So I was learning, you know, how to promote artists or whatever. So that's where my journey kind of began. And what kind of happened was um, the label that I was with, um, they weren't based in the UK. Well, they had a base in the UK, but they were on the very, very first label to kind of be based in North America and India as well. But the kind of owner didn't kind of have a business brain, if that makes sense, how to kind of network with people. He didn't know how to kind of build bridges. If anything, he was burning bridges across the industry. You know, this guy was, you know, he was destroying artists on his label. And a kid that's coming in learning stuff, these artists were trusting a kid more than a grown adult. You know what I mean? And the kind of the, the messed up thing about it was back then record labels made or break artists. It's not like now where you could be, you know, a self-generating artist. We can have your own royalties for YouTube, your own royalties for, you know, streams, etc. Back then the record labels, you know, they paid for your music videos. They paid for your promotion. And these artists were basically being like, look, we're signed to this label. We're not getting no promotion. We're not getting no airplay. You know, what's happening? So as a kid, you know, I was like, by, by this time I was about 16, 17. I was getting these guys, you know, heavy rotation across UK and India rotations, which wasn't, and these artists who I'm talking about, they were, they were North American artists. It's not like now where the North American industry is huge. Uh, you got, you know, Big Bird, you got, you know, Sonny Moulton, you got, you know, the Frequency Boys. There's so much talent in North America now, which is getting picked up in the UK and onwards. Back then it wasn't. So for North American artists to be getting, you know, magazine interviews and coverage of a heavy rotation on radio stations, it was a big, big deal. So that was kind of my introduction to the scene. And then from there, you know, I started learning just how toxic the industry and individuals can be. Um, and then, you know, that's like another story. That definitely is another story. And Another thing that I've personally noticed as well, there's a quotation of nepotism nowadays in the Punjabi industry because there are individuals that have family connections. They presenter radio station to a bigger platform, yeah, record label and then like you know agge ja ke unna de munde launch ho jande hai ya unna de family ch koi launch ho janda ya unna de pind ch koi launch ho janda so like what is your take on the punjabi industry and nepotism does nepotism actually exist or is it just like a hoax they like hani udain bakwas hai the thing is is different in different kind of areas of the industry do you know what i mean like with me you know i do have musical connections um, I don't want to kind of mention these names, but kind of the connections that I have, they're very, very big. Like my mama launched two of the biggest Punjabi singers out there right now. You mm-hmm. know, um, my, one of my, Jatje from Canada, he was married to one of the biggest Punjabi singer sisters, you know? Um, so the, I've always had those links and connections, but I never use them because there is a kind of issue in the industry, which I believe is to do the very, very wrong, you know, talent can, and there's a lot of talented people out there who kind of, kind of fall off the bridge and fall off the bandwagon, right? They don't have the kind of infrastructure. Like, like, yes, there's always going to be one end of the spectrum where, you know, people are going to have relatives who will help launch them. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. Those previous kind of generations laid, laid the kind of, you know, they've laid the stones for these guys to kind of build from, right? The foundation, sorry. But then on the other side, there's some presenters who might have family connections who, you know, won't help him. And a prime example is, you know, Hassan Monarch. You know, he talks a lot about, you know, he's being, he's Kuldeep Monarch's grandson. 
and the barriers he's faced trying to come into the industry, you know? He's from, he's from a musical family, but where's his support been? Um, I really think it's, it's on a case-by-case basis and individual basis, you know? There will be some instances where you do get boosted by your family. There'll be instances where you, where you don't get boosted by your family. And there'll be cases where, you know, real talent just gets lost. And it gets lost because there's no infrastructure. Definitely, definitely. Because as you mentioned, Hassan Manuk, previously a few months back, I actually interviewed him for the radio show. So he told me that how difficult it was. And he got into the industry because of friends, college friends, and other links outside of his family. Fad Shri Kuldeep Manak is such a big name within itself that even if you're like, you know, Durda Rishtadar bhi hove unada, wo automatically hit ho janda hai. But like yeah. in his case scenario with my conversation with him, he told me that it was so difficult. So, yeah, as you said, it's a case per case basis. But sometimes I feel like there's a certain amount of corruption in the industry. What's your take on that? That's just a trait of Punjabis, right? Corruption doesn't matter where you go, you're gonna have corrupt individuals, right? Yeah. Um, honestly, like it's sad, man, and that's the honest line. Like I've experienced corruption in the industry from a very, very young age. You know, I saw a case where you know some, and the thing is, like back, like there was, the, there, there was a kind of, I don't know how to kind of quote unquote say this, but there was this kind of myth and kind of dark secret. Let's let's call it a dark secret, right? About you know the ghost producers. Right. So what was happening was, you know, a lot of kind of DJs and producers who weren't real producers were basically paying, you know, real producers, you know, X amount of money. And these guys were basically going out making hits and whatever. Cool. If you want to do that and it works for you, by all means. Awesome. It works for you. Right. But when you talk about kind of the other end of corruption, man, it's a case of there's cases where companies have taken money from, you know, upcoming talent and they've done nothing with this talent. You know, they've signed them into like long-term deals and done nothing with these, you know. Um, again, I just think it's, the, the industry is very young in my opinion. We're not, we're not an established industry. You know, you look at the hip-hop industry, you look at the R&B industry, the mainstream, there's a proper infrastructure in place. The Punjabi music industry hasn't got that in, in infrastructure yet and it's down to individual mindsets, down to monopolization of the market and it's down to just, you know, greed and selfishness. At some areas, you know, there's some platforms that are kind of helping launch new talent, and there's some platforms that won't launch talent at all. There's some platforms that will take money from new talent and just, you know, bury them. So it's 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 not just you know one area. It's just across loads of those things. And I've experienced this both in the music industry. I've experienced in the you know as a dancer. I've experienced in that entertainment industry. I've experienced it in you know. The Bollywood scene, I've experienced in the Punjabi movie scene as well. So, again, it's just down to the fact that a lack of infrastructure, and we, we I still see it as being a very, very young industry. Definitely, definitely. And I feel like sometimes, because of the industry being so young, sometimes programming isn't uh, catered to everyone. Not a lot of people are invested into some programs. For example, I'm very invested into your podcast. A lot of other people are because it's genuine. Firstly, thank you so much for that. Like, and I I just want to give a shout out to Tony Shiego from Brasia, who basically, you know, 
uh, he kind of trusted me with his podcast. You know, we spoke about um, doing a real kind of podcast with real guests, real issues, right? Because we kind of said, look, there's no point kind of talking about the same things with the same guests week in, week out. We need to kind of, you know, be real and relate to real people. The issue kind of was, was, you know, at the minute, you know, four episodes have launched on TV. There's four episodes on YouTube. But what people don't realize is before those four episodes went out, you know, we recorded an episode which we weren't allowed to air on TV or even release online. You know, we got hit with legal notices. We got hit with, you know, uh, companies saying to us, you know, you can't air this because of X, Y, and Z. These, what we were, what I was covering with these guests, it wasn't anything bad. You know what I mean? Like even the four episodes that went online and they're live right now and they've been on TV. You know, one was with Chet Sandu, you know, he was a reformed gangster. You know, there's one about revenge porn. There was one about, you know, people in the music industry and entertainment industry not supporting the farmers protest. You know, there was one about um, being abused in the community. These are things that happen in our community, right, which people don't want to talk about. You know, people want to kind of gossip about it and whisper about it, but it's impacting people, you know. And the fact that we kind of brought these podcasts out, it... it on one hand, yeah, people were saying, yo, it's awesome you guys are doing this because the numbers don't lie on YouTube, right? The numbers don't lie on TV ratings. Yeah. But on the other side, you've got people kind of, you know, getting legal teams to kind of contact us and contact me and saying, you know, you can't be saying this, you can't be saying that. Some episodes ain't allowed to air now because, you know, they've kind of slapped you with a legal notice. And this is a problem, man. It's like we talk about progression, right? But we're stopping progression because things are too sensitive, you know? Like the episode about being abused... Um, it happens, you know, like there's so many people out there, right? Whether it's boys, girls, young boys, young girls, they've been abused when they were kids. They got abused when they got older, right? It's still happening now, but we're still not talking about it. So we brought it out. I brought that podcast out. And, you know, it was like, no, 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 no. You can't be talking about that. You can't be talking about this, you know? And massive respects to, you know, Apache Indian. You know, Apache Indian, you know, supported that podcast. And he said that, you know, it was, it was a real issue, real talk, you know? And again, like, what are we doing? What What was so bad about this that you know people trying to take it down? Genuinely, sometimes I feel like it depends on the individuals around the product and, and even the audience sometimes because the things you talk about. Because Juginder Basi, he's doing something very similar to you guys, but he's created it in such a way that some people get something out of it, and he somehow caters it to the elder audience. So that's why a, a lot of people like, you know, here, I feel like sometimes since we're very youthful, it's a very youthful podcast. So mm. I feel like some people are like, and some people say that to me too. So like, I feel like it's the individual surrounding the podcast as well as the audience. Do you know, and I just want to kind of add a point to this, right? So every barrier that I've ever faced, and it's not just me, there's so many people that I know, friends of mine in the industry, etc., right? And this is from our personal experience, so I don't want to kind of generalize, but 90% of the time, these kind of issues that I've faced have always been from the elders. Those in your own kind of on the same wavelength, in this, like, yes, you get some negativity or whatever, but they, they won't trip you up to the extreme that some of the elders will trip you up. Because some of these elders believe, and I'm just using this podcast as an example, that these stories are better off under the carpet. Deal with it behind closed doors. But, yo, as a community, we've been failing to deal with these issues. You know, like, how many, for example, kids are going down the wrong road into his life of drugs and gangs and whatever, right? 
Like, yep. if we don't talk about it, right, how are we going to reform these kids? You know, if we get someone who's kind of been there, done that, and is now saying, you know, it's not worth it, you know, leave that lifestyle, you know, focus your energy on good stuff. Like Chet, for example, what is the point in, you know, letting these kids live that experience, end up in jail for the next 10 years, when someone who's been there, done that, is saying, yo, don't do it. Do you know what I mean? And then even like, for example, the Farmers Protest podcast we've done, right? Like, we said it straight, man. Like, th there's leeches in the industry, you know? There's people that will big up Punjab. They'll mock the Punjabi community for hits. They'll do anything to kind of leech off the community. But when the community needs you, right? When the culture needs you, you're nowhere to be seen. It takes people to call you out. And again, the podcast was wrong for doing that. Like, why are we wrong for expressing opinions, you know? You don't have to agree with opinions. But again, it's just barriers that people are creating to kind of suppress voices. You can't make change without a discussion. And I feel as though as a community, we don't want to discuss the sensitive and taboo stuff because, yo, let's not do that, man. It might ruin our reputation of being like this, that, and the other. Yeah. But our people, I feel like, our community is so infatuated with commercial entertainment. Like, you know, for example, program on the Loji Punjabi music, Smosa Chatter, Agya, Kudi Host, yeah. Uh, top 10 gaane hai, sare gaane paave sponsor bhi hoonge. To see, anageli karke kaunge, baab badiya program. And meanwhile, we have this type of podcast that actually has something educational in it, informative in it, but no one's going to watch it because it's like, this is sin, this is sin. Why is it so sinful to say the truth? Because it hurts the pride and the ego, and that's the bottom line. Like, that's what I've kind of concluded. Like, and I'm going to say like one episode, right? And you guys can check it out. It was through revenge porn. And we spoke at Hunters as well. Like shout out to Hunters, the music singer producer. Like he's kind of supporting the cause as well. And he said, look, we're doing great things. But we had, you know, Palm on there who's a kind of upcoming model. And this girl that right now, she's kind of killing it. She's on billboards for Samsung. And, you know, she spoke about her experience of having like an image leaked around the school. Bro, this stuff happens to kids right and she was telling her story about you know um how she coped how she dealt with it right even though it wasn't an explicit picture she kind of you know she still went through some sort of trauma at school you know she was bullied she was isolated right this happens to kids this might happen to your kids if you don't know how to kind of deal with it right what are you gonna, are you gonna let that kid kind of suffer in silence go into depression and do something God forbid, that you can't reverse back right so these this is a real story and you know and on one one end you know the hits, again, like on TikTok, it got something like 50,000 views. On TikTok, you know, it got like 5,000 views in the first like days on YouTube. On TV, it got, you know, so many views. Like, I don't know, it was one of the highest rated shows that week. Because people want to know what it's like on that end. Like, these things happen. Times have changed. You know, we're not living in India anymore. You know? Like, we can't keep quiet. We can't keep things in the bend, if that makes sense. We, we are living in a yeah. where technology is now taking over. Even if you, if you even talk about, like, you know, the pen life. Harek bande kool hoon de vade, Punjab lalo. Harek pen cha kese na kese kool hoon hoon daaya. Harek bande noon phone cha launa hoon daaya. And even if these things arise in India or even in Punjab, everyone knows how to record a video and put it on the internet. Gal kia, our people see it. Our people see the truth. Some people acknowledge it. Some people think it's very sinful. But thoda sanu apni mentality bhi thodi bhoti change karni pani because at the end of the day jehdi assi kaum de waris hai babbe nanak di kaum de waris hai 
ਬਾਬੇ ਨਾਨਕ ਨੇ ਸਾਨੂੰ ਸਿਖਾਇਆ ਆ ਹੱਕ ਸੱਚ ਲਈ ਜੀਣਾ ਟੂ ਲਿਵ ਫੋਰ ਈਚ ਅਦਰ ਐਂਡ ਆਰਸੈਲਵਸ ਟੂ ਵਰਕ ਹਾਰਡ ਟੂ ਬੀ ਔਨ ਦਾ ਰਾਈਟ ਪਾਥ ਟੂ ਐਕਨੋਲੇਜ ਵਾਟਸ ਅਪ ਇਨ ਦਾ ਵਰਲਡ ਐਂਡ ਇਫ ਵੀ ਡੋਨਟ ਡੂ ਥੈਟ ਥੈਨ ਜੈਨੂਇਨਲੀ देयर इज नो ਬੈਨੀਫਿਟ देयर इज नो ਰੀਜ਼ਨ ਔਰ ਕੋਈ ਫਾਇਦਾ ਹੀ ਨਹੀਂ ਹੈ ਆਪਣੇ ਆਪ ਨੂੰ ਪੰਜਾਬੀ ਕਹਿਣ ਦਾ ਜਾਂ ਸਿੱਖ ਕਹਿਣ ਦਾ ਇਫ ਵੀ ਆਰ ਨਾਟ ਗੋਨਾ ਫੋਲੋ ਦਾ ਫਿਲਾਸਫੀ ਦੈਟ ਵੀ ਹੈਵ ਦੈਟ ਹੈਜ਼ ਬੀਨ ਇੰਗ੍ਰੇਨਡ ਟੂ ਅਸ yeah i agree i totally agree with you and i think and i think that's just, that's just across everywhere you know what i mean like we want people want to kind of use that kind of attitude as a fashion statement they don't want to kind of follow through with it it's yes it's good to kind of talk about it in front of mass audiences it's good to talk about it in front of, you know what is politically correct but when you have to follow through with this how many people are going to follow through how many people are going to you know when the farmers protest kind of happened right like it's not something that happened you know late last year it's been going on for a while the only one is delhi this farmer protest hasn't been going on for uh the year or so it's been going on since 2017 jadon haryane de jatta naal haryane de kisanan naal takka ho reya sega odon to shuru hoya sahi ch eh because what they're doing now they're removing kisans the caste the removing kasans from society and trying to take everything from them they're literally being suppressed especially in haryana because honde vele they decreased the population of kasans in haryana to 33% pehla kai saal pehla 30 saal pehla to 66% sega now it's 33% kasana di ganti punjab ch bhi dekho jattan di ganti je dekho it's 21% from 30 years back 30 years back it was a 45% one day vele it's 21% no one talks about the statistics which is annoying and that's the, that was kind of a point it's like okay people use it as a trend you know it takes it takes one of the biggest artists you know the jeep the spectrum you know the noise he made when he started supporting the farmers protest was unreal whatever awareness is being raised by all means awesome like the more awareness we get it's great like it doesn't matter if the awareness comes 5 minutes late five years late if you if you you know supporting the cause i want to kind of just say yo awesome like any support is great you know but the kind of point i'm kind of raising is just again it's just the attitudes and mindsets it all kind of adds up right it's a case of where like are we in this together or are we in this individually or what and this is what i believe is kind of holding us back yeah but at the end of the day as you said it's all positive because we've never seen such humanity or such ekta so to say in our community ever in yeah, the Indian community like, we've never seen something like this which like is absolutely beautiful and I, yeah and i totally agree with that like some of the stories you're hearing pictures you're seeing coming from you know delhi is like you know how kids who weren't able to eat three square meals a day are being given three square meals a day there's people in delhi who didn't know about a sikh community and know about a sikh community now you know so all that is all positive 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 and the more we can kind of push it out the narrative and keep supporting you know great stuff man but i just believe like there's always going to be those kind of people kind of holding us back holding us stopping us preventing us from speaking out and kind of making it you know no yeah definitely but at the end of the day one thing is that we have especially in our community the punjabi community the sikh community we never back down and i believe that's one of our biggest strengths that yeah, we yeah. have we never back down whenever something happens we're the first people out there yeah. for example if we talk about the 
uh, oxygen langar that's going on, the oxygen supply provided by Kalsaid and other organizations. We're the first ones out there. Yeah. And you know, just massive, massive shouts to Kalsaid. Like, literally, before uh, I jumped on this with you, I read that J.K. Rowling has made a six figure donation to Kalsaid. You know, wow. if they weren't doing the work they're doing, and, you know, we as a community weren't kind of pushing this, the Kalsaid narrative and this kind of, you know, being united, etc., would that donation have happened? I highly doubt it. You know what I mean? So massive shout out to Ravi from Carl Said, to the whole team, and just everyone who's kind of supporting and trying to make the world a better place. Definitely, definitely. Because if I see any individual, whether it's a charity work-wise or any, say, regarding Seva, Ravi Singh Khalsa has been doing amazing things since the first day of this organization. Because and making it applicable in reality is very difficult. Someone like Ravi Singh Khalsa actually made it applicable to reality, which is absolutely amazing. Yeah, and it's inspiring, 100%. Like, there's no way people are not looking at Ravi Singh Khalsa and being inspired to want to do more, you know? Um, just props to the guy and props to the whole team. Definitely, definitely. And I had a question. Have you ever got the opportunity, because he's also from the UK, have you ever interviewed him or have you ever interacted with him? How is he like as a person? I've never interviewed him, no. Um, just because, again, the guy's busy. But he, I know like he's, like, like for example, Braja, even though I'm just there as a presenter for a podcast, he's done a lot of work with Braja. There's, been, there's a podcast that Braja done with him, which is awesome. I, I have seen him around. But I've never actually spoken to the guy. If anything, it's just been a head nod. Like, nah. <laughs> but, like, you know what I mean? But, nah, nah. I've never, I've never been fortunate enough to speak to a guy. I've seen him around at events and stuff like that. But, you know, um, I, I'd be lying if I said, yeah, I've spoken to a guy and, you know, anything like that. And one thing <clears throat> I want to touch base with you. You said you also worked in the Punjabi film industry. So yeah. how was your experience in the Punjabi film industry? And what transition happened? that landed you into Bollywood? So, in a nutshell, um, so the team I was with, VP Bangra, like massive mm. shouts to those guys, you know, as a team, we achieved so, so much. Um, we was approached for a Punjabi movie, it was actually Desi Munde with Barakar Sidhu. Oh, um, wow. So, basically, it was one of those cases where they kind of pulled us up to um, dance, I mean, dance with Maniki, um, and then literally me and one of the other boys, Ravi, we turned up early on set and it was literally being at the right place at the right time. Um, we, we weren't supposed to be on set. We walked in we walked in, and they were kind of like, yo, you guys fit the picture, learn these lines, you're in the movie. So it's, wow. it's, it's easy as that, but in reality, right, it's not that easy. You know, you can't go to Hollywood for set and just be like, yo, I want to kind of jump in. You know what I mean? Like Hollywood. Yeah. I'm going to find that movie. I'm going to find that movie. Yeah, yeah. Find which scene you're in. I'm gonna screenshot it and put it on my story. interview <laughs> That's cool. But yeah, so even when that was done, like um, again, when that film was shot, the Punjabi uh, movie industry was very, very young, because prior to that, there wasn't many kind of Punjabi films coming out. You know, there was that point where Pajamal was releasing like one film a year. Um, you know, Gipi Garawal was kind of breaking the scene. Dajit was breaking the scene. But the scene was still very, very young. And even with, like, that movie, like, it took... Even though it was completed in 2013, I believe, it didn't come out until, like, 2016. Yeah, it, it, it was boxed for, 
for approximately two to three years, yeah. Yeah, and again, it showed like how young the industry was because I think I don't I don't know what the issues were with that film, but again, that was a kind of issue that I faced because realistically, how do you kind of push to other kind of agents and be like, yo, I've started this film if it's never come out? Do you know what I mean? So it's like you've done this work, you want to kind of put it in your CV, you want to kind of you know promote yourself, but if it hasn't been released, what do you do? You know what I mean? And when it releases like two, three, four years later, you know, yeah. the scene's moved on, you know, it's no longer applicable in your CV. So that's, that was my kind of first experience with the Yabi movie industry. As in, I got nothing bad to say about it. You know what I mean? Like, as in like, it was a very, very young industry, like where the industry, where the Punjabi movie industry is It now. was a new experience for you and the industry. So, yeah. like where the movie industry is now is massive, you know, like there's two, there's now two movie awards shows. There's one in India, there's one in the UK. Um, you know, there's so many new actors coming through, like Monica Gill, for example. I just want to give her a shout out. Like um, she reached out to me um, on one of the podcasts. Uh, and again, she's one of the most realist kind of Punjabi actresses out there, you know, like she's been supporting the farmers' protests since day one. Um, so massive, massive shout out to Monica Gill. But that was my kind of experience there in Bollywood. So with Bollywood, again, it was two kind of spectrums. So the first spectrum was, again, with VP Bhangra, we got called up to dance in the film Household 3. Um, and it was the main song, Malamal. And we're the only Bhangra team there. It was one of the biggest songs from Bollywood that year. The film smashed in the box office and we shot that it took around four three days to film that one song um so that was my first experience in bollywood and then obviously I, wa- I wanted to kind of break away from um dancing and go more into performing arts and a few years later i was kind of approached to be a body double for a punjabi film that's punjabi film sorry bollywood film because what happened was one of the actors he couldn't make it i think he had a visa problem whatever so they were after a guy that was, you know, was six foot, built a certain way, etc. So I got approached for that. Uh, again, that came through VP Pangra. Massive shout out to those guys who put me forward for that. Um, and obviously when I went there, it was a different kind of vibe, you know. I'm not going to say that it was bad because it was, I'm not, I wasn't used to that kind of vibe, you know. Like the way kind of Bollywood treat Pangra dancers or Pangra music and Pangra dancing is completely different to you know, I'm used to, you know, I'm probably more traditional, you know, I'm not used to kind of songs being kind of more pop-fied, if it makes sense. But like, and I know a lot of Punjabi songs have been kind of called out for that, you know, there's been like amazing Pongra versions of it, Bollywood take it, and they kind of make it more kind of pop or whatever. Yeah. That was my <laughs> Because and they wouldn't like it. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's fine. So that was a great experience for me, man. Like again, again, like tr- changing Pongra into more kind of, I'd say, I'll call it a commercial Bollywood style. Again, it was an experience for me. The fact that I got to be a body double, again, cool, awesome experience. I was then kind of called back for another kind of um, film, and I was gonna do it until I kind of heard something from, and again, this I don't know who it came from. Um, there was an issue regarding the image of Punjabi. So they wanted kind of three kind of Bhangra dancers, right? Yeah. And it was for like a scene or whatever, whatever. I don't know what it was. But again, in the back of my mind, it was, yo, I'm, I'm getting my foot through the door. I'm getting that little bit closer, you know, going from a body double to now a, a solo lead dancer, etc. And I was basically kind of prepared or whatever, whatever. And then something came through the grapevine. I don't know who it came from. And it was like, oh, he's fine, as in me, as in my look. 
But those two other guys that he's going to be affiliated with, we don't want them because of their look. And the look they were referring to was two of the boys had the start and a long beard. So I was offended when I heard that. I was like, there's no way am I going to go ahead with this project now. And I pulled out like a couple of days before. I was like, there's no way I'm doing it. Because I was like, if you're kind of, you're wanting the Punjabi image, you want the Punjabi look, but you're saying the Punjabi look should be more this way rather than, you know, you're saying that you can't have a daddy, you can't have a bug in Bollywood, right? I was like, there's no way am I going to endorse that. So I was offended, you know, like my baba, you know, he was the same, he had a dari pag, my nana, same as well, you know what I mean? So to hear that, you know, it hurt. And there's no way I was doing it. But the thing was, there's some people that jumped on the opportunity. They didn't mind that this is the attitude they had. So I was like, there's no way am I getting involved in that. And, you know, if I got blacklisted, I got blacklisted. If I don't... If I don't I wasn't going to be called back. Let it be. You know what I mean? It happens. But for me, man, morals is more than, you know what I mean? Money. Definitely. Definitely. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much work you do, because with artists, you can sell your talent, but you can't sell yourself. The day you sell yourself is the day you lose value morally. And the surprising thing is there's so many kind of people out there, right? That kind of, do that like there's like everybody wants to be famous right everybody wants to kind of be in the limelight which is there's nothing wrong with that if you want to be in the limelight you've been in the limelight but then you kind of it's like at what cost you know are you prepared to kind of sacrifice your morals you know and we, you know and one and i spoke about this with hunters i spoke about this you know with apache indian on the podcast etc like there is an issue where you got you know people in the industry who just take advantage of you you know there's so many kind of female models out there aspiring models etc and you got, you know, these kind of people in positions, prominent positions, taking advantage of these people. You know, it's not right. And people think that that's the only way to kind of break into the scene. And if that is the kind of attitude that the scene's got, then yo, I don't want to be a part of that scene. Definitely, definitely. And when I talk about like, you know, I mean, your actual genuine self. If there's no respect, self-respect, if no one's respecting you, there's no point to be in such an industry that can't respect you and for who you are. Because yeah. they use us for our talent. And we have to enslave ourselves to work under them. They came to us. They approached us. We didn't. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I want to kind of put in kind of like another kind of spin on this, right? So um, this was a kind of, again, a thing about morals and attitudes and whatever, right? So um, like when, when Prime Minister, uh, I'm not even going to call him Prime Minister. He, he doesn't deserve a title, Prime Minister, right? Maybe a jate do, koi nii a jate do. Nah, man, this guy doesn't deserve his right? So when Modi came to England, when he just became Prime Minister of India, right? Like they had an event for him at Wembley Stadium. And rightfully, right, like a lot of Sikhs were upset. A lot of the Punjabi community, a lot of the Muslims, they were upset that this guy was coming to England, being given a grand welcome, etc. right? And we were booked as a Bhangra team to perform there. Now, realistically, right, you don't want to perform for this guy, right? Mm. I don't want to perform for this guy, period. But how do you kind of go to this event and make a mark and make a stand, 
We stopped halfway through the performance and, you know, we raised our arms, you know, we pointed towards the black armbands, the black bugger, to emphasize, listen, man, like, there's a genocide happening out there. There's people dying because of this prime minister, right? This prime minister is coming here, we're giving him, like, a red carpet, but what is he doing to our people back home, right? And I remember when it happened, there was, like, the promoters there were like, what are you guys doing? You shouldn't be doing this, et cetera, et cetera, right? I didn't care about that because the message was greater than that. Then I remember, right, when the videos went out, the people that kind of hated on us was, you know, our own people in the UK for doing, for standing and making a stand. And yo, it hurt, right? And to be honest, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But when it was that own kind of certain community that were kind of calling us out, and I call it the Bhangra industry, right? The Bhangra dance, etc. That kind of hurt, right? Because it was like we're being thrown under a bus without you understanding what we did. But because the, the thing is, one another thing here is, yes, our people do sometimes go against us. No, no, but sometimes, sometimes the thing is that they want to be in the position we're in. So, oh, mm-hmm. naturally, hatred and then they natural hatred karke, they start hating our ideology. But this is the thing, right? So, the first 24 hours, right? It was, I'd say, around about 90% hate, 10% love, right? Yeah. The following morning, right, that video went viral. Like, there was people getting it sent to the WhatsApp. It was all over the internet. There was newspapers in India that covered it. You know, people talking about a radio station that, you know, what these guys did was awesome. It was a stand. It's never been done for. They actually went to a stadium and did this, you know? Then suddenly, right, all those people that were hating on us start bigging us up, right? And the most yeah. funniest thing was, um, like the last two, three years, this video circulates on various Instagram pages. And you have people that were hating on us, throwing us under the bus for doing this, right? Who are now bigging us up, saying that, yo, you guys smashed it, but where were you guys X amount of years back when we did it, right? You guys That's the always that- the thing. That's always the thing. Because I can see a lot of myself in you because I've started off with Bhangra. I was 13, 14 years old when I started Bhangra in, the, in North America. WBBC Elite 8. So like, and one thing I really like about you as a person, we're both very rebellious. We're both very in in the sense. Mm-hmm. So like, it's rare to connect with someone that's has more experience than you, but has the same thinking as you. Because that's why I approached you. This is the thing, right? And I've always kind of believed in this, right? Is it doesn't matter how big your platform is, whether you've got one follower, 10 followers, 50 followers, a million followers, etc., right? 
you use your platform for the right reasons, man. Don't oh, wow. use your platform kind of, you know, set out. Don't use your platforms to follow the crowd. If you see something wrong happening, raise awareness. Because tomorrow, if you're in that position, you'd like to think that people would raise awareness for you, right? So why can't Definitely. you then? Exactly, exactly. Baji, AC Koshicha, Tanu Gilia Junya. So good, man. So, uh, as we were saying, because there's so many things out there that need to be shown in a certain light. The way you're doing it, it's fantastic because it's entertaining, it's informative, people are actually getting engaged to it because there's a lot of art out there that can't even be considered art. For example, if we talk about singers like Neetu Shatrala or like the films he makes or even the songs he comes out with, those that isn't art. That isn't art. It's more of uh, like mocking the art itself. Mockery jada hai. But and it's it's a fine line, you know. Like one person might see mockery, one person might see entertaining. You know what I mean? Like you look at Just Rain, Superwoman, AK Amazing, etc. All those boys when they kind of came out with stuff, some people found it offensive, some people found it great. But they kind of they use that platform to kind of evolve, right? So you look at Superwoman now, Lily Singh, what she's doing, you know, props and hats off to her. She's using her platform. She's grown it. And definitely, and... definitely, because she's the biggest mainstream name we have out there, and she's always stood for our community. Whether it was at the Grammys, she like also had a mask saying "I stand for farmers." These yeah. individuals are needed, and I don't know why these individuals aren't given the credit they deserve. They get bashed on more than appreciated. It's easier to bring someone down than put them up, man. And that's kind of like what I've learned. That's kind of what I've learned. You know, Apache Indian said the same to me. He goes, you know, it's easier to pull someone down than bring them up. Like, you know, the first time I met Apache Indian, you know, I've met him, you know, as, an, as a performer. But when I actually worked alongside the guy, you know, he, he put a beautiful post up. You know, he was bigging me up. He was just kind of saying to people, you know, this guy's like, you know, he's upcoming, support him, etc. Like, Apache didn't do that. You know, the guy's got how many millions of record sales? You know, he's got how many millions of streams? And he's kind of, you know, supporting talent you know and there's nothing but love and respect to him for that visa because american citizen american minu visa bhi nahi chahida hon layi bas flightan flightan main kehna tony paji nu phone karo honi kisi phone te add karo kya ho daljan munda hai ga america baitha leke aao nu theet punjabi bolda yeah no no worries 100% we raise that so, Bire, any last message, audience Lee? No, just massive, massive respect to you um, for letting me, you know, on your platform. I really appreciate it, giving, you know, new talent, a platform and a voice. And anybody that's trying to break into the industry, um, you know, just keep working. You know, talent always gets acknowledged and recognized. It, it might take you a year, it might take you two years, three years. You know, just keep at it. Don't kind of fall for the traps that, you know, so many youngsters are falling into the traps of as well. Keep supporting the farmers and, you know, keep reaching for your goals. Nothing but love and respect to anyone. Thank you.